Hey, Tots, and welcome back to the weekly catch-up podcast. Bradley, stop laughing. It's Wednesday, October 7, 2020, in the year of our Lord. We are embarking on episode 51 of this humble little show. We just marked our one-year anniversary, and we're embarking on year two of being semi-pro podcasters, uh, trying to make it in this digital landscape. So if you're new to the show, my name is Carson Gibbons. I'll be your host. I'm always joined by my good friend, Mr. B-Rad Colvin. That would be me. So I'm a tech startup guy. Mr. B-Rad is a high school English teacher. That's right. We find common ground in the middle on the world's biggest problems plaguing humanity on a weekly basis. And if you're new to the show, the cool thing about this show is that we solve all those problems every single week. Every single one of them. <laughs> so whatever you have going on in your life, like just you know, let us know and we'll fix it. We'll, we'll podcast it away. So That's, um, that's the weekly catch-up guarantee. Absolutely. We've got a bunch of new goodies for you, Tots. Uh, Mr. B-Rat, are you ready to get into it? Let's get it! It's the weekly catch-up with Carson and Brad. Here to talk about the week we done had. It could be sports, religion, politics. We keeping the tabs. You would think they work for Gucci, how they deep in their bag. Get your facts up. On Wednesday, we'll be counting the stats up. So turn the volume up till it's maxed up. You know the drill. So tell a friend to tell a friend to relax up and chill. We back up. This is the weekly catch up. What's new in your world? Well, for starters, I got reprimanded in the boilerplate. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say new. at work. That's why you were late. <laughs> no, I'm great at my job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, humility. That's what drives us here at the <laughs> weekly catch up, folks. Oh, man. Um, how to what is new? Uh, dude, like everything in the world is new. Yeah. Let's do housekeeping right here at the top. Okay. So B-Rad and I, like good podcast lovers, mm-hmm. we surprised each other this we week. We did. We had surprises. My Brad, goodness. Brad texts me, uh, I guess, middle of the day one day, and he's like, hey, he's whispering over text somehow. He's like, hey, can you sneak out? Like, come, come talk to me. Yeah. So I, I call over and he's like, I've been working on some stuff that you don't know about. And I'm looking forward to surprising you. And. I was like, you know what? Me too. You go first. <laughs> yeah. And so um, if you're listening to this episode, you might notice a little difference in our cover art this week. And so we have a new logo uh, done by my wonderful friend, Karen Davis. We'll be sure to plug um, her socials here at the uh, end of the show and also um, in the footnotes. But uh, I had reached out with her some, you know, a few weeks ago and just told her that I was looking to revamp uh, what we currently had and um, she took it away and she gave us a bunch of different designs and uh, I had to hit up Carson and spoil the surprise a little early just to get his feedback and um, this is what we landed on so hoping you guys find it uh, visually appealing and that would be the word yeah (laughs) that you're searching for well you know we struggle sometimes like with wood chipper (laughs) Oh my goodness. You Shelbell was like yo, she had, was like I was yelling in the car like it's a wood chipper you idiots. Yeah, I had uh so my good friend uh that you also know Raul Vigil. Um 
he actually Snapchats me and it's a video and he's like, dude, I'm listening to your podcast right now. And I just need to let you know, it's a wood chipper. (laughs) (laughs) We get, I don't know. I got, I got several texts for that. We had just had like a long political talk. You know, our, our minds weren't right. Yeah. They were mush by that point. Can't stay in the clouds and on the street. Yeah. (laughs) What do you want from us, man? Um, So anyway, we can't solve the world's geopolitical problems and chop your trees down. Yeah, my goodness. Like, Go to Home Depot, pick someone up. (laughs) (laughs) So I hope that you find the new art visually appealing and stunning. I think Karen did a wonderful job. Super thrilled with it. Thanks, Karen. And so then. See, not all Karens are what they say they are. She is. (laughs) wait wait no i'm saying (laughs) no i know what you're saying (laughs) oh she's one of those karens huh no i just like throwing shade her away sometimes is it karen with a y it is so that defeats everything that's like the new woke karens yeah 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 she's gonna be like uh i'm not like those karens exactly got it so she blessed us with the new uh, logo which i love and as well as uh twitter cover photos Mm -hmm. YouTube youtube cover photos and guess what, Tots? You can find all of that easily if you go to weeklycatchuppodcast.com. That's right. Carson surprised me with a few goodies this week, and he can tell you more about that now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just uh, I, I shouted out Peyton Campus last week on the podcast. Uh, she was a recent kind of adoptee of the show, and I was struck by she had, she had gotten into my DMs and was like, how do I find this? Like, I'm doing searches and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, I thought that our splash page made it easy to kind of locate the platform that you wanted, even though, you know, there's three or four of those that are mainly utilized in listening to this show. And so what I thought was, let's just give the listener optionality and let's optimize for mobile. Um, so I know that you have the the show URL in like your Twitter. I don't know if it's on your Instagram. It should be. It is. Okay. Uh, So if you pop it up from either of those link locations or even on your desktop, we're now using a service called Linktree. Shout out to Linktree. I've been long resistant to utilizing this methodology because I thought it was janky for a while, but I'm no longer thinking in terms of just being like that hoity-toity design um, aesthetics pleasing person and trying to be more functionality driven. Yeah. And so... What we found now is um, there's links to the top platforms that the show is consumed on that will pop open your Apple podcast natively on your phone just really easily. Same thing with Twitter, with YouTube, with Spotify, uh, the show's website. And there's also a brand new section of the website called email newsletter sign up. Yes. So we have a new splash page uh, that is fed by our email service provider. So if you want to go sign up for exclusive updates uh, for the show, for new merch, for live tour appearances. Anytime that we do a poll, you know, you'll get instant access to our, our only fans account. <laughs> <laughs> All the goodies are going to be on that email newsletter. Yeah, so and if you want to see Carson twerk, it's going to be an essential part of our media kit when we end up selling you tots data to Facebook one day. <laughs> <laughs> so, and shout out to Dean as well, because we are in, an even bigger pod this week with armrests and brand new microphone adapters, cords, and beautiful tabletop stands with yes. like this beautiful weighted base and felt feet. And uh, we're recording into our newest MacBook that we have on hand. This is already easily the most comfortable I've been while recording. Yeah, and I get to look into your eyes and yeah. see what 
see how you really feel. Get lost in them. <laughs> so we're kind of embarking on this new journey. It's it's year two, uh, no holds barred. We're going to try to iterate and improve 1% week over week. Reference James Clear, Atomic Habits, all you uh, readers out there. And as part of that, um, we're going to reintroduce ourselves a little bit. Yeah. You know? And so like you said, um, you know, 1% each week, I feel like with the cover art and the new stands and stuff, we already did that. So if the rest of the episode sucks, you ready to get out of here? Shout outs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we already did our part. But yeah, shout out to Daddy Dean for the uh, the contribution to the show last week. The rest yeah. of you can definitely follow suit. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we just, I watched more YouTube tutorials. I went to a guitar center this weekend, like kind of got, yeah. you know, I was like, there's no excuses here. We need to like up the ante and we've got... We're turning this corner, and I don't know if it was due to Linktree at all, but like last week's episode, which I've gotten a lot of feedback, was a pretty great episode. Yeah. Uh, it's been listened to like an astronomical number of times compared to most episodes that are six days tenured. Sure. Um, I know a few of my students have started listening. Uh, again, my buddy Raul, and then you setting up uh, the new website the way that it is. I think that's pulling in some new traffic as well, so... Um, really, I don't know. I'm hype about it, man. And, uh, just appreciate everybody else. That's still consistently tuned in. Yeah. And I appreciate your commitment. It sounds like you had a heck of a drive up or <laughs> what, what happened with the day? Dude. Um, well, so I was supposed to be done like with my after school meeting by like three 45, it ran until four 30. So I was actually going to, you know, prepare an audio clip with one of my coworkers. Um, cause you and I had to have that discussion last week on the pod. Uh, all things politics, and we kind of got into it. And one of my coworkers shares a lot of um, thoughts and feelings that I have as far as the current elections are going. But he's just so much more eloquent and 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 um, can provide. Uh, I don't know. Like I'm not a numbers or statistics guy or anything, but most Democrats aren't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, that's the thing. I'm also not a Democrat. And whenever we had. Um, recorded that that lost episode i even said on that episode that my basic beliefs lean right however i don't want my beliefs to infringe on other people's rights and that's why i find myself more centrist or maybe a little to the left especially in this current climate something going on with the climate did anything happen this week <laughs> oh <man. laughs> are we jumping into that i mean yeah i'm sick of talking about myself already <laughs> all right let's go uh no we can save it <laughs> let's talk, how was your week overall so was, trying day so it was great um yesterday courtney and i celebrated our one year anniversary um so that i'm super hype about um one year one year baby say that again one year anniversary <laughs> with courtney marissa anderson so <laughs> hey there it is got the air horns hey 12 months <laughs> of being in love that's right baby um what's it like it's incredible love <laughs> it, <laughs> i i hope everyone finds it dude um i took her out to a nice italian restaurant here in dallas um she's she's planned some weekend trip that she made me take off monday like i don't even know where we're going but um she's gonna give me my list of things to pack tonight and um she's gonna whisk me away but we got to enjoy each other's company i got her some nice flowers the big gift that we got each other, we didn't even give each other any hints or anything about like what we would want or anything like that. 
And we both ended up getting each other stuff that we could use like whenever we travel and go on adventures together. So felt really good about that, um, that just both of our minds went there and that we have such a great time uh, traveling the world together. So I don't like getting super all, you know, mushy and everything, but I will say it was really? a lovely, lovely day. You this know, is the non-mushy version. You must have so much love, bro. I do. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to express you to you every week. smother the hell out of her. She <laughs> loves it. <laughs> well, shout out to both of y'all. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, you would have thought you'd been together 20 years already. I mean, oh, we met a nice uh, couple at dinner. They, they were on their 47th anniversary uh, last night. And um, they had, like, given us, you know, like, oh, you guys are cute. You know, hang in there. You know, give, give us the... the the advice that you know um couples do i guess i don't know <laughs> they were a nice sweet old couple though they they chatted with us here and there throughout dinner so not swingers no not swingers. Oh, i yeah. thought they were gonna be like hey listen the key to success here is <laughs> we all leave with someone we didn't come with <laughs> what's the matter with I, that i pray for you i love how you'll just drop the p and the v word but i'm just like hey swingers right and you're like those are oh, body parts carson don't say them. i'm over it Penis so stop and vagina. stop stop i quit <laughs> i'll quit this show right now um cool so is that you had a one year and kids are still kids and kids are still kids COVID's still COVID, and um yeah it, it'll get anyone out here yeah apparently um it didn't get me i uh same Dude, I felt shout out to our immune systems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this show is not going well. <laughs> so uh, I felt my first return to some element of normalcy socially over the weekend. Uh, we got together and celebrated Shell Bell's uh, birthday on Sunday. Yeah. And I think that we're a good solid five, seven, eight years running at uh, Taverna, her favorite go to oh, nice. brunch spot. And uh, after the fact, we went over to to Kung Fu to see what, if that was open and what that landscape looked like. Hadn't been there since my earlier twenties. I oh felt my. like, and uh, it was depressing because like no bar service, there was no raucous crowd. Mm -hmm. You had to wear a mask to your taped off seat and uh, it was depressing. So we left that, that place. I like, I don't want to hate on it for all those that do like that location. However, the, the banging on the gongs just irritates me. Oh, that's what got you? Like, yes. not everything else happening? <laughs> I mean... Not the not life-size Jenga happening out on the patio that that's crashes? Fine. That's and... fine, because I can be inside, whatever. But whenever I'm inside, uh, just trying to converse over the loud music, and then on top of that, gongs are being uh, thrashed about. Gonged? Yeah. yeah. Gongs are being gonged? Gongs get gongs gonged. Gongs are gonging? Um, yeah, no, it's, a, it's more of a collegiate atmosphere, young yuppie atmosphere, and not somewhere we'd where we had frequented uh, recently. We hadn't frequented any bars recently. So the fact that their doors were open was kind of this welcome relief or sign of, you know, light at the end of the tunnel almost. But we ended up going over to Ilminster Pub over in the Villa Rosa and uh, just had a great, great afternoon, you know, hanging out with friends. Um, ended up running into other friends that we knew through other parties. And, you know, it was the first time that, like, the referral network had kicked in in forever where, you know, I'm, you know, reintroducing myself to a guy that I've been to a bunch of parties with through another mutual contact. And it's like, we know each other. And I hadn't had one of those genuine kind of referral moments in forever. You know, I swear, I, like I was laying in bed the other night, like, and I s solidly worked up a tear just thinking about, 
you know, I hadn't been out and seen friends without a mask. I hadn't mm-hmm. walked around without, you know, PPE in six months. I hadn't been out to a normal bar or, you know, none of us have been to a sporting environment right. um, or, or game or tournament or anything like that since basically 2019. So I'm over it. Um, COVID is apparently not something that we're supposed to be afraid of, Brad. Nah, not at all. <laughs> so says our fearless leader. Yeah, I mean, he feels better than he did 20 years ago. So, And I, I believe that. him because he doesn't do drugs and he was on, you know, hella yeah, cocktails mean... <laughs> over at Walter Reed. Yeah. Walter Reed was like, well, we'll patch you up a good one. Crazy. We got our cosmetologists over here and cosmetologists? Mixologists. Uh, mixologists yeah. <laughs> well, he needs it for the orange uh, makeup as well. But <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that's kind of like one of the biggest things that occurred this week was uh, Trump got COVID. Yeah. That along with the, Melania, uh-huh. uh, half the Republican Party, all yeah. of the White House. Yeah. Should have had bigger masks. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that the solution here? Um, I don't know. Do you have one? No. Um, I'm, uh, I think the angle that I would want to discuss with you more is uh, just the media's fervent overreaction to literally every single aspect of this situation when yeah. he when he went to the hospital like oh it's more dire than they're telling us oh they're not telling us the truth mm-hmm. blah 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 oh he's coming back home from the hospital well he's rushing it he's not practicing the right behavior he's being irresponsible yeah and the biggest item <laughs> i can't get over this part what will you do tonight when you get home will you take your mask off when you get home or in your car yeah okay seems like most people I'm running into on a daily basis do this weird thing where they get home and they take their mask off. Sure. It's wild. They don't leave the mask on at home and in the bathtub and in bed when they're sequestered, when they're quarantined. And apparently we expect him to, though, for some reason, because upon arrival home from Walter Reed Medical Center, he removes his mask in what should have been some sort of storybook ending to... (laughs) Uh, you know, the he's he's long downplayed this and, you know, in many minds, rightly so in that the mortality rate or the number of people that recover is like ninety nine point nine 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 percent. And then he recovers. And let's face it, he's a 75 year old obese man, essentially yeah. in the obese category. He beat the odds underlying conditions. And he's out of Walter Reed within three days back home, takes the mask off prior to entering the home and everyone loses their marbles. Yeah. Insane. Um, I personally don't care that he took off his mask. So I don't really have like if you're wanting a debate, I, I'm with I'm with you on that. Like I think that was kind of ridiculous. Um him downplaying it, I can see where people might get testy on that. Those that have, you know, them or their family members have been affected or even having family members that have died from COVID and him downplaying it, I can see how that would rub people the wrong way. Um I think the biggest part of the news for me this week that I found interesting was, you know, them reporting that his health was in good shape and everything. And then they hold like a secret meeting saying that, hey, it's probably not as good as uh, we're letting on. But then there was like the cameras picked up the sound bites from all that. Um, So I just thought that was interesting. But obviously, you're you're not gonna want the world to know. Like, if if your president's in trouble, until like the news has to get out, right? Like, you. It's hard because like, I think this is the 
the biggest area of direct responsibility that I even saw Republicans coming down on the administration and just the overall culture of stretching the truth, omissions, whatnot, in that there is, you know, some sound and video clips of the lead doctor out in front of uh, Walter Reed Medical Center, uh, basically just refusing to give any concrete information on whether or not he'd been administered supplemental oxygen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I thought it already came out that he had. But it, it basically it had through be back of... channels. Um, there was a there was an unknown White House source that had gone on background. So in, in press terms, like you can go on record and have your name attributed to something and you're a source, you know, you're out there in the open, yeah. uh, just kind of flailing in the wind. Some people will go on background and just that's when the New York Times will report like an unnamed White House right. official or a source familiar with the matter said this. Well, apparently... I don't know if he said the original comment, but it was Mark Meadows, the chief of staff that uh, kind of got maybe into hot water. And, you know, he, he went on Fox News on Saturday night and essentially said this was more dire. We, we were a little bit more concerned, you know, yesterday. Um, you know, it, it was pretty obvious that they had put him on supplemental oxygen at some point in this process and that he was running a fever and that he was run down and blah, 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 blah. And then I saw all this conjecture, like, is he wearing a hidden oxygen, oxygen. Yeah, yeah, tank, yeah. like, underneath his suit on the no. way to the chopper to the hospital? Yeah. Right. I don't Yeah, I don't know. It and is very... I, I, don't, I don't believe any of that. And, again, like, I, for me, the things that I harp on him for are less of, like, the, the bumbling, you know, little mistakes that he makes or whatever, like... I'm not going to hold everything that he does under a mic microscope. For me, it's more whenever it affects thousands to hundred thousands to millions of people. Like, yeah, I don't know. How did it affect them? No, I'm saying this doesn't. So I, I don't oh, have okay. any. I mean, he. Like, I'm not. I'm not looking for a fight. On this leadership one. by example is, I guess, an important thing in all scenarios. But it, it is weird because I just feel like there's this uh, line in the sand in history, so to speak, where. I feel like nobody was ever truthful about the Supreme Leader's health mm -hmm. in any country, in any civilization until it was dire and it was evident that they'd either be passing away or they'd already done so. Yeah. And most recently, I feel like Kim Jong-un was in that situation where we hadn't seen him. His sister was more out and about and mm -hmm. like we knew that she was like the fallback contingency plan or something of that effect. And then he pops back up and he's fine. Um then, you know, across the drink, you see Boris Johnston, where they were pretty literal and dire about the fact that he'd been moved into the ICU, was struggling with COVID and, uh, you know, came back out on the other side with, you know, a bump in the approval ratings. And that's what I really think, like, what a godsend to the Trump administration and campaign for 2020, because sure. what what could what, you saw people crossing the aisle just to say, hey, we're, we're praying for Melania and, yeah. and Donald, you know, yeah. even even Biden and all mm -hmm. of those people to their credit, you yeah. know, for keeping that civil. And yeah. um, I really appreciated that, but you got to think that it's going to shift polls or screw the polls. Biden's still up in the polls. Like I think on aggregate real clear politics as of yesterday had him up nine points across all polls nationwide, yeah. um, which is a wider margin than any other democratic nominee in like the last 20 years or something to that effect. I still think that there's this silent <laughs> faction that, we won't know what's up until we know what's up. Yeah. But I, I do agree. think that he stood to 
uh, profit off of having contracted the disease that he had downplayed in many people's minds. Mm -hmm. And there was conspiracy theories galore about both sides of this. Like, does he not have COVID and he's doing this for the polls? Does he have COVID and they're downplaying it? Like, yeah, I never, I never for a second thought that he didn't have, like, I feel like Trump would be too proud to admit that he had ever even gotten sick, to be honest. Like, I I think he would, he's not the type to ever show any type of weakness. And so for it to come out that he has COVID, like I never really questioned that. But then why is the media questioning his remaining completely on brand by, you know, still working at the hospital, at least for photo ops, you know, Mm -hmm. he's got the no tie, suit jacket and button down look going you know when he i get the sense that he was his team was like monitoring twitter and cable news and everybody's like doing these comparisons of like oh well trump tweets 87 times on a normal day when he's not sick and he hasn't tweeted at all so we should be really concerned Mm. and so then he would come out with like a little video like i'm doing well i think you know super over you saw that super (laughs) cheesy video that he came out with oh yeah it's like oh my goodness and then he started like and this is not me started i don't know like he started tweeting out like kanye <laughs> kind of just like the yeah he did uh like all caps um and he just had like a bunch of different things and then would say vote after it um make america great again vote and somebody said uh to put the kendrick lamar swimming pools uh beat behind it i thought that was kind of funny but it's like pull up uh, vote. <laughs> yeah exactly um anyway Crazy times that we're living in. Uh, Do they ever come? What is the debate situation looking like? Do they? They're ever, having one tonight. Them t- the VP. So I know the VP. Is tonight. Okay. Twelve but, and a half feet apart with plexiglass. They're sitting down, which I think is normal for VPs yeah. anyway. Um. So is there going to be another? Yeah. Between Biden and Trump. I believe so. Okay. I didn't know with him being sick if if uh, they were going to be able to manage that. Well, he's healed, bro. He's back at work. He was back in the Oval Office today. All right. That's fair. I don't know. I I don't know how it works. Yeah. I hear that there's going to be two more debates, which almost seems like maybe one more where they're sitting down and kill mics and the whole nine yards would be refreshing. And that's what I'm saying. It's town hall style, too. Well, and I think it could work, honestly, to Trump's benefit if he takes note from how the first debate went. And if he can just pull back a little bit and allow Biden to speak. And let Biden, you know, kind of hurt himself a little bit. Um, I think Trump could move up in the polls. Like he just, he just has to learn to shut his yap. Yeah, he needs to meditate and practice some self restraint at the least. Um, this next format they say is going to favor Biden in that it's a town hall situation and maybe fewer jabs to to poke. You so know, it'll be like, is that like when uh, the public kind of, yeah. And they get up and they're like, hi, I'm a mom and a teacher. What are you going to do for me? And right. <laughs> he's like, well, here's yeah. exactly what I'm going to do for you, Rebecca. Right. And uh, then a construction worker that liked Obama, but also, you know, X, Y, Z. And it's like, yeah. all right. And they always try to, you know, do their gotcha questions with mm-hmm. the microphone. And we're here at Fordham university. Thanks for being our hosts, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it, that that situation is what it is. Um, <laughs> you I, I was about to go somewhere. Well, I was about to go somewhere with my train of thought. Go there. No, I I can't recall it. Oh, is okay. the issue um, about the debates? Oh, just uh, since we reported last week, you know, we'd kind of given our given our hot takes on 
the debate performances last week on episode 50 and the data is in like most Democrat um, parties and, you know, outlets and whatnot definitely proclaim the debate as a victory for Joe Biden. And most Republicans kind of said neither one or Mm -hmm. Trump didn't win. You know, at best it was like, all right, you know, they they just were not thrilled with his performance. Yeah. And and. I might be leaning on that side too. Like, I don't think Biden shared any, you know, kernels of truth or any nuggets to kind of glean as far as, you know, procuring more votes. I don't, I, I feel like he just came across as less like a child than Trump did in that instance. So he was favored from it, but I don't think it's really necessarily anything that he said. I think it was more of just his, demeanor yeah the the feedback that i got on the show is that people agreed with the creator aspect of like the the federal tax situation and that Mm -hmm. those that create jobs like i got some positive feedback from that aspect i was told by several parties it seemed like that maybe biden didn't score as hot as i was selling it in last week's episode Mm -hmm. where i was just like you know He's here, like the second coming of the next president. Like, well, whenever the bar is set so low and people are thinking he's just, you know, sleepy Joe going to fall asleep or, you know, start talking like he had a stroke um, for him to just be able to speak coherently. I mean, I I think I think uh, he went above and beyond people's expectations, but those expectations themselves were so low. Yeah, he's still the total swamp and establishment and a great guy, you know, great American hero, all of this, but a lot of the Hunter Biden, Burisma, Russian oligarchs, payments, board seats, like personal enrichment situation Mm -hmm. uh, of basically selling the last name continues to occur. It's being swept under the rug by the uh, mainstream media, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that you got your fears and speculations about Trump's taxes and financial situation, but at the same time, it's like, we covered this last week with even failed entrepreneurial att- entrepreneurial attempts in my book are more holy than profiting off of uh, a public service role. Even though, let's like let me say this: mm-hmm. the whole reason why I've wanted to be a senator in my life is for personal enrichment, legacy, power, and to hopefully affect change in the way that I want to see it. So, you know, four out of those five things or three out of those four things are terrible, right? (laughs) But I would be doing them just so you know. Yeah. I'd be doing them hardcore. I believe that. Um, I'm just saying like in a referendum against that, this really is becoming Scranton versus Wall Street in many ways. Like um, just the wealth inequality and and all of these different situations with Amazon and billionaires and trillionaires Mm -hmm. and healthcare and I don't know. Um, so, we go to the polls in less than a month now. Yeah, that's crazy. Anxious to get it over with. Um, I I did want because I feel like I did learn a lot from you last week, and I I want to pose this to you. So, regardless of his, you know, the seven hundred whatever dollar taxes, um, we also talked a little bit about his debt and how it's just like millions of dollars. And I thought I was reading somewhere that it's like he's trying to. Uh, procure his place in the White House for four more years because he's worried that whenever he's out, like he'll have to find a way to pay off all those debts or face the repercussions. Like I don't, I don't know if you have any knowledge on that or not, but I'm trying to learn. Yeah. About that. Um. I mean, from my basic 
knowledge perspective, like that's bogus, you okay. know, creditors, you know, come after debtors regardless of their position, unless they're directly doing something to benefit them. But he's mm -hmm. also anything that you could claim he's doing on behalf of Deutsche Bank, he could be doing on behalf of himself. Mm -hmm. So this is a, another segment that I would refer to Crystal and Sagar and Jetty on Rising the Hill. Look it up on YouTube. It's the only real news source out there that can educate you as to what's going on, in my opinion. And, um, you know, Sagar had actually gotten into the documentation. Like all of this is publicly mm -hmm. available, apparently. Um, if you want to go spreadsheet by spreadsheet, PL by PL. Uh, but apparently, all of the debt is held by totally stereotypical banking institutions like Deutsche Bank, that, whose, you know, uh, backing and investors and, you know, members and all of this different stuff are normal swaths of life. A um, little bit of everything. Doesn't sound like it's a real problem. Also, you know, his, his assets are so north of, you know, the billions mark right. that even if he is leveraged with 420 maybe mm -hmm. million in debt, uh, it's just not a big deal, dude. Yeah. Like it, it's akin to if you make $60,000 a year and you go out and you buy a $20,000 Honda Civic and drive it off the lot and you make a payment for about $300 a month for the next 60 months, that's the exact same equivalent of him being 500 million in debt. Yeah. So what does that say about your life? <laughs> That's demoralizing, though, like when you see that, like sometimes when you're making a purchase, just remind yourself like this purchase, if you go out and buy a MacBook for a thousand bucks and you've got 20,000 bucks in the bank, you're spending 5% of like your net worth on this item, mm. you know, so he who is without sin cast the first stone. <laughs> sure. I appreciate that. So I would just refer it over to them. Uh, he's got more of the uh, forensic accountant lens that he can uh, see through. And uh, I also just think that they're a quality outfit. And I got a little bit more under the hood with them this week because, uh, believe it or not, Sagar and Jetty was on Andrew Schultz's Flagrant 2. Oh, really? Yeah, he and Akash okay. uh, interviewed Sagar. And they they interviewed him both from the perspective of, okay, so pitch us on the show. Like, you know, she's the Democrat, you're the Republican, you're both minorities, and you both call out your own party. This is refreshing. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a real uh, breath of fresh air in terms of news media. But they also skinned it from the, the Andrew Schultz perspective, who is kind of famous now for totally bypassing the stereotypical Comedy Central route, mm -hmm. HBO Netflix route. Like he said, I'm going to go straight to YouTube yeah. and podcast and doing my stand up on stage and has been one of the most successful viral comedians of the last several years and lauded by folks like Joe Rogan, for instance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm, I will definitely be checking out that interview, and I will be checking out their. Um, I, I don't know. I'll be tuning into them. Just get in your so. algorithm, you know, like they're digestible 10, 15 minute segments. And I just think that it, because it's so timely and topical every day, mm -hmm. um, you know, and they don't have, they're independent. They're not owned by any of these other large corporations like a Bloomberg or something who I found a typo in a Bloomberg article this week. Um, which was already cynical in nature. And I was just like, you're That's losing depressing. me. You're losing me. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I love them. I would highly recommend them. Okay. S speaking of Rogan, by the way, you know how we've talked back and forth about Spotify and are they losing all their podcasters and mm -hmm. Hit me. Uh, the Spotify strikes? Like you got news? Well, no, he just finally discussed it. 
Okay. And I, I forget who he was on with. Um, it might have been Tim Dillon, mm-hmm. uh, who Tim Dillon is one of the greatest, like kind of rant Sam Kinison type comedians alive right now. And he's great on podcast format. He's hilarious because he looks like a good old boy from mm-hmm. Staten Island, but he's actually a gay a gay man. Oh. And so he doesn't present that way at all in the slightest, and he will hit everybody. And if he needs to, he can pull that card out and play it <laughs> should he absolutely need it. But otherwise, he looks like your average Middle Earth American on a carnival cruise headed to the buffet. Okay. And uh, so they were talking and... Rogan basically just said, like, yeah, Spotify hasn't said, you know, diddly to me. Okay. At any point, nobody has ever approached me. Nothing has ever happened. But he has been just walking stuff back, like Mm -hmm. making apology videos for different things that he might have gotten wrong or, you know, clarifying, oh, X, Y, and Z, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's maybe it's a little bit more of those half truths we were talking about. I I don't want to go there because if we go there, there's already so many of Joe's friends, like Eddie Bravo, for instance, mm-hmm. that legitimately think that the CIA have gotten to him and that they use the show, you know, as like a way to cover something up or promote something new. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has on like enemies of state, you know, like he has on um, Snowden. Got it. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Did he comment on Spotify, like leaving out some of their episodes due to some of the guests on there or? Ooh. I think that he had claimed that there was some sort of clerical error in the carry through, but then said that a hundred of the top episodes would remain on YouTube, even when video transitions to Spotify, which I think is imminent. I, I don't know. It just seemed like there were very specific, um, guests that were left off like some that have been quote-unquote canceled and so i didn't know but i guess if it's just like a certain run of episodes that didn't make it maybe that makes more sense i mean it doesn't because it was milo it was gavin mcginnis it was uh sarkot of assad Mm -hmm. it was like all the stereotypical could be perceived as right-wing problem areas that were left off of the uh the situation but um let me do a circle back real quick. So okay. you know how we talked last week about the call out to the the Proud Boys in yeah. the debate? Well, there's a great clip. Um, I don't know if you subscribe to JRE clips, but it's mm. one of the best ways to digest uh, Rogan's podcast um, in that they extract, you know, minutes 18 through 27 of the episode to okay. talk about, you know, Joe's hot take on X, you yeah. know. So it's a, an easy topical way to kind of digest what is otherwise a very, very long show which I love. He had on Anthony Cumia maybe a year ago now, eight months a year. Mm-hmm. Anthony was involved with Gavin at Compound Media. Um, this was back back in the day when Gavin was vice co-founder with Shane. And uh, apparently Vice ended up going in a more liberal bent and mm-hmm. it drove a wedge between Shane, who's kind of like the face of Vice the last yeah. several years, and Gavin who accepted a payout and stepped down. He was at Compound Media with Anthony Cumia and has always been known as a satirical rabble rouser of sorts. Okay. And you know what is actually credited with having started the hipster movement out of Williamsburg, New York. Oh, really? Yes. Like he was the first person to, you know, get the spectacles and, Mm -hmm. 
you know, the pocket protectors and yeah, hair so slicked good. over. And like, he literally started that the movement fedora. apparently back in the day. And, um, he at compound media, they had, um, they had this, um, this staff, this, it was comprised of a bunch of different types of people. And apparently there was one, oh man, how did Anthony Cumia describe him? It, it, it was, um, Maybe not an effeminate man, but not a man that was Hulk either. Sure. Um, I think it was like a, what did he say? Like a, a redhead that was also Jewish and a little effeminate and might be gay, was never seen out with a woman. And yeah. um, so the guys are, you know, giving him hell and, hey, when you know, you're in the prime of your life. You should be out there with women and what's going on and blah, blah, blah. And they just sense this, you know, sense of incompetence or fear or whatever. And they were like, you, we need to make a man out of you. Like, and the whole point of it was like to be so over the top that you knew it was fake. Yeah. And so Gavin was like, we need to come up with a club where you like go sword fishing and, you know, you, you fight men in the street and you drink beer and you mm -hmm. wear a plaid skirt and like you do these challenges. And, you know, so he formed the Proud Boys out of yeah. this and it was started as a totally joke. satirical yeah. um, joke of a group that actually accepted everyone, yeah. regardless of race, religion, color, creed, or even gender. You could be a woman in the Proud Boys, mm -hmm. but the woman, it was understood, hey woman, you, you need to man up. You know, oh, that was, it. it was a joke. It was yeah. it was almost like a Goggins satirical type mm -hmm. situation. And uh, so they have chapters all over the world. Yeah. This isn't, there's Proud Boys chapters in Africa, <laughs> just so everyone knows, like this is not some sort of, Sith's, you know, white man gendered issue. Um, but it did get out of hand, apparently, because the origination of the violence with the group started because similar to a Ben Shapiro or a Milo or one of these more right wing conservative uh, thought leaders, mm -hmm. if you want to call them that, uh, Gavin would get booked in New York City at universities and different places for speaking engagements and Antifa. The anti-fascists were coming in and they were creating violence and shutting down his speaking engagements. Mm -hmm. So just like you've seen this outrage over, oh, Milo couldn't speak at Berkeley or mm -hmm. Ben Shapiro couldn't speak at Berkeley. This was happening to Gavin out of New York. And so the local Proud Boys chapter literally were like, let's just go make sure that he can speak at the next speaking engagement. And so they kind of formed his entourage, bodyguard, enforcement, tactical unit. Yeah. And it started for non-nefarious purposes. And then it got to the point where it's like, all right, well, let, let's punch liberals in the face. And it became more synonymous with this uh, neo-Nazi white right-wing movement that it never aspired to be, apparently. Right. Yeah, I think that's pretty much all that I have read as well. It's just kind of taken on a new turn from how you know it was originally formed. And, and this, again, is not a review of compassion or, or um, con I'm not cons uh, consoling or, um, shoot, wood chipper. Um, <laughs> I'm not trying to validate what they're doing sure. or Gavin McGinnis because. Condone. He, condone. I got geez. you. Um, he's always been in this weird area where, and Joe, Joe discusses this. If you just look up Joe Rogan, Anthony, Anthony Cumia, this will likely pop up the origination of the proud boys mm -hmm. and Anthony was there to watch all of it and like knew the kid that they made this club for in the first place yeah. and can tell this story from a completely different perspective. But Joe is quick to chime in in this segment that 
it, it, it's almost uncomfortable how close to the edge um what's his face um gavin mcginnis goes mm -hmm. in terms of it'll be such parody that you're like this is uncomfortable right. like he'll be making a comment about a woman's role in the house okay and it's supposed to be over the top and elicit mm -hmm. like a almost an uncomfortable laugh yeah, it's like uh like uh andy kaufman but you know, you know yeah, I mean? yeah 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 like taking it to real extreme real extremes yeah but in in this case i guess um sexist or sexist or racist yeah. uh classist bigoted in some way shape or form and i don't think yeah. he cares who he's hitting he enjoys like kind of you know stoking mm -hmm. the fire and so anyway that was just a follow-up from last week because i i remember us talking about let's get to the bottom yeah. of the proud boys movement and what that stands for and all of that right okay good to know do you see that uh Trump's uh, rally clash with um, counter counter protesters in Denton at a Bucky's. No, what? Some some liberal kid got punched out <laughs> at a Bucky's in Denton over the weekend oh, by gosh. a Trump supporter for no reason, or what was going on? I don't know. There was like he was filming them or something, and they were counter protesting right next to this Trump rally. And mm -hmm. you know, I don't know what the truth is because I saw one tweet that said, "Oh, this guy like." works with my brother and he got fired for political sentiments or something a month ago. But then I'd also heard that they were doxing him with the wrong information. Like, cause you know how one of the scary things with locating people today, when you see something egregious on social media is mm -hmm. you'll see all these people quote tweeting and saying, all right, Twitter, do your thing. Find yeah, this person. Find this guy. And they will find you very quickly. Yes. It is not difficult. Yeah. Especially if you've done, if you've made Facebook posts or started a YouTube channel, you're done. Like yeah. they're at your front door. Yeah. So don't cross anyone because we are <laughs> highly identifiable these days. <laughs> oh yeah. You and me. Like, yeah. Shoot. <laughs> you tweeted today where we are recording. So I'll be like our lone sponsor, Dean Colvin <laughs> has pulled out of the show. <laughs> oh, but they, so they claimed to have found him and then it turned out, it looked like it was the recently departed, like Alabama quarterback. Mm. <laughs> For the sec or something like okay they'll they'll troll you with like a look-alike right. that is not that person at all yeah. are they trolling or do they just like take information and run with it well a I, troll becomes there's the like one person that's trolling right. and then the rest are like oh this is him and i'm operating on good just, information yeah, just, i'm just a social justice warrior that needs to get justice for this kid that I mean, I don't know, dude. Honestly, at the end of the day, like I support your right to march and protest. Never support your right to lay hands on anybody else that is not out of self-defense. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, yo, on both sides, Republicans, Democrats, like liberals and conservatives, you're standing toe to toe in a parking lot at Bucky's in Denton. Like, get your life together. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. whatever the conflict is about or whatever you think, you're probably go not, to work. Yeah, you're probably not going to make any change right there. No. Yeah. Bucky's is famous for having big, not... clean bathrooms. <laughs> go take yourself a dump and rid yourself of that energy. Amen. Like this and is then, ridiculous. And then get some beaver nuggets. <laughs> some beaver nuggets. <laughs> Call it a day, bro. Lay your own nuggets and then get some beaver nuggets. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So all that happened. Wow. That's so a eventful week. I guess you could say that. Yeah. Um, it's it's only getting worse, and my predictions are coming true for 2020. You mm -hmm. know, I said like, oh, the the bloodiest quarter of this year is going to be Q4. Like, yeah. going 
going into election. How could it not be? Yeah. Well, and one of the key things that I predicted, which were cop cop related incidents not being prosecuted to the fullest extent in our courts of law is coming to fruition. Yeah. We had Brianna Taylor's uh, cops uh, not directly charged a couple of weeks ago. Yep. We reported on that and that hairy situation. And then as recently as this week, uh, Derek Chauvin yep. was released on a million dollars bond. Um, he's a free man today. Crazy. And uh, I got concerns, man. I don't think that they charge those rookies with anything on that case. And I swear if Derek Chauvin walks at any point in the future, they're going to light this place on fire. And that coupled with COVID, with unemployment, with these negotiations for stimulus getting pushed out, yeah. Democrats and Republicans can't get together, QAnon, conspiracy theories, and an election that will be three or four weeks maybe, yeah. um, people are going to die. Yeah. And it's like, it's just tragic. Yeah, I think, you know, I think some people are joking about things you know, going to be pretty bad around election time. But I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Like, I think that we're at a point where ever like, there's just so much tension that fights will break out and legitimately people will die over it. They already have, and they already are. Yeah. It's an, it's an issue. And there's, there's truth on both sides of most coins. Yeah. I'd like to, Highlight in particular, actually, I'll send this article to my, my phone. Um, shoot. Here, let's let's take a quick break. Okay. All right, and we're back. Sorry about that. I wanted to uh, get this article queued up. Of course. Because I didn't want to paraphrase it uh, for once. Um, <laughs> but we were talking about truth on both sides of many things. And yeah. I know that one of the big points of contention in this election cycle has been mail-in voting. And in the debate, there were some fact checkers that were like, uh, we didn't find any ballots in creeks and some of the places that, that Trump had claimed. However, I've seen anecdotal evidence from, you know, d people that on TV or, yeah. you know, in, in public life that are like, yeah, my grandmother died three years ago and she got a ballot in the mail. Right. Um, so it, the big problem with mail-in ballots is, for these states or cities that, you know, you don't have to request a ballot to qualify for one. And so they're just mailing them out and they have like these bounties for uh, collections where you can like go turn in someone else's oh, uh, wow. ballot. And in latest news updated at 634 p.m. Eastern today, the Department of Justice charged a mail carrier for dumping mail and ballots in New Jersey dumpsters. So the DOJ has charged a mail carrier for dumping mail, including ballots, in two dumpsters in New Jersey. According to a DOJ statement, 26-year-old Nicholas Buccini was arrested and charged with one count of delay of mail. Huh. That's a... I didn't know that was a crime. Yeah. Um, good thing it's not a crime for delay of checking your mail. <laughs> he was charged with one count of delay of mail and one of obstruction of mail. If found guilty of both charges, he faces up to five years and six months in prison and a $255,000 fine. See, if the, if the kid at Bucky's was real, he'd be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's making, this guy's putting his life on the line. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. He's, he's willing to go away for five and a half years. Oh You're just willing God. to sprawl your own booty out in the <laughs> Bucky's parking lot. Yeah. 
Uh, court documents say that Buccini has worked for the Postal Service since July. He's accused of dumping 1,875 pieces of mail in two dumpsters, one in North Arlington and another in West Orange. The mail in the North Arlington dumpster contained 98 general election ballots. Mail found in the Orange West Orange dumpster had one general election ballot. All of the mail, according to the DOJ, was eventually delivered. Postal investigators believe he dumped the mail on two different days from two different mail routes. Howard Dinger, a North Arlington resident, told CNN he found the mail sitting in a North Arlington dumpster wrapped with rubber bands on Friday. He discovered it while throwing out his own trash. Dinger said, immediately, said he immediately called the police. Buccini will have his first court appearance Wednesday afternoon at a federal court in Newark, the Justice Department said. CNN reached out for comment. New Jersey State Association of Letter Carriers Union had no comment. Yo, so this guy's wreaking havoc. Yeah. He's yeah. like, steady changing democracy in the dumpster. Yeah, he doesn't want anybody to vote. It's not like he knew who they'd be voting for, right? Yeah, it's unclear as to whether the ballots were filled out or on their way to their original like location where they would be filled out. Yeah, that's, from that's how I had interpreted it, but I guess maybe it could be the other way. What a mess, man. I mean, do things fall through the cracks with the United States Postal Service? They have no, to. No way. Dude. They have Come to, on. bro. Come on. I mean, it, technically, it's one of the most efficient run areas of our government. Yeah. But it's like the Bucky's of government systems. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Bucky's, I think, runs a tighter ship. <laughs> That's a for profit. I mean, USPS is kind of for profit, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's on top of taxes and tax subsidized at the same time. Yeah. Crazy. All right. That's your local mail and news. <laughs> Take so, it from here, Brad. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. I'm just thinking, like, are, how many people are doing this? You know? Bro, I don't know. It's very disconcerting to me that. I can show up on this date in certain states and in other states I have to show up on this date or do a mail-in ballot. Mm-hmm. I could have that ballot solicited by my household to vote or it could just be sent to me. I mean, the number of people that do welfare and insurance fraud or um, what's it called? Uh, like retirement account fraud where mm-hmm. you got Nana living upstairs and when she Croaks, you end up just burying her in the backyard and cashing those social security checks for the next nine years. That happens every day of the week. Yeah. I, I just think the process of being able to cast your ballot like in person, your ballot, um, it should be more accessible. Like I know a lot of people argue they don't have time to like get off work or, you know, they, they oh, I'm sorry if that made a lot of noise. Um, they don't have time to break away and go and vote <laughs> and so i i feel like we get you a <laughs> microphone stand that's weighted it's got felt feet and you're just like yep gonna ruin it immediately yeah well it'll be leaning <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be leaning the rest of this podcast um no i'm just saying like there should be like a national day for people to be able to go and vote or you know they should not have to worry about leaving their job and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I, I want to say that's in most Benny's packages for like at will corporate salaried type people. Right. I think if you're down at, at McDonald's mm-hmm. making seven and a quarter an hour, 
you can't just leave the drive through and go vote. <laughs> well, I'm just saying they have just as much of a right to vote as anybody else. Sure, sure. Absolutely. And we all have 24 hours in a day. Mm -hmm. So what are you telling me? I'm telling you the offices close at a certain time and people have to make ends meet. And sometimes it's not just so easy to leave their job. Yeah. All right. I'm over this topic. Okay. What else is going on in your world? Um, working. <laughs> you brought me nothing this week, bro. You brought me nothing. <laughs> let me ask you this question. <laughs> let me, let me hit you with a little, like, just, just here. <laughs> let me, let me hit you with a little introspection, buddy. <laughs> should every <laughs> Brad should every listen, podcast man. Brad <laughs> all right all right look <laughs> you had the first half of this episode I'm gonna I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna grab the reins <laughs> all right folks hey I want you to feel safe with me oh my <laughs> for the last half of this episode we feel safe as long as no comment is necessary. <laughs> All right. Should everyone on the planet be striving toward a common goal or like the same goal? Do you think? Goodness, where did this come from? <laughs> well, we're talking, you know, we're talking about people like and and they're I don't know, like you and I had a big conversation last week about kind of where we stand and why we might vote the way that we vote and we've been talking about other voters as well and so uh, it led me to think and ponder, should we be all striving toward a commonality or is the beautiful thing that, you know, we all have different goals and we don't need, we don't all have to work together to like reach the certain point. So I just kind of wanted to ask you uh, where you might stand on that. I don't know. There's a lot to uh, unpack there, yes. if you will, because um, we can't all agree on common goals. Typically, mm -hmm. we kind of divide into these two halves that you know, you have your core tenants that you vote on or that you're striving towards as a group. Um, I think that, and this is one of those things, again, a line in the sand in history. For the longest time, cultures and societies had the common goal of staying alive. Mm -hmm. Don't get eaten by the saber-toothed tiger. Don't get eaten by the dinosaur, the woolly mammoth, or the yeah. warring tribe, or dysentery, or hypothermia. We're at this point now where, like, animals can't hurt us. Mm -hmm. You know, some birds, but animals can't hurt us. Yeah. Um, we're not in the food chain. We're not actively warring in the suburbs. We, you we, know, we've got our fire. We've got our spear. We've got our wheel. We've got our opulence. Like, right. so we've got so much, and that's where you see a divergence, not only in the commonality of goals, but in interests shared. Even, even among the genders. I mean, science has shown. You know, numbers, statistics have shown that the more wealthy a society gets, the further the divergence and in common interest between the genders, mm -hmm. like the, the stereotypical two gender system of right. straight men, straight women, you know, we'll exclude the other 300 um, classifications for the purposes of this conversation. I do want to acknowledge how woke we are, though, and that we do <laughs> recognize them. Um, but if you're fluid and come going in and out, this conversation may not apply to you. Yeah. Um, however... You know, without that shared commonality and like packs of 150 humans that, you know, we might have different focus points throughout our day mm -hmm. where maybe the women were in the village doing X, certain men were gardening and, and farming and other men were the warring class, other men were the hunting, you know, 
group or category, they all serve to come in purpose to stay alive, try to procreate and maybe grow their tent village, mm -hmm. you know, in the wilderness. Do you think we're programmed to not be so domesticated then? Like we always have to claw our way, like, and find more ways to compete or get to the, you know, if we're not fighting for survival, you know, now we're fighting to be the best country or, um, in a, you know, looking under the microscope or the magnifying glass, just like trying to be the top dog in your, you know, in your job or I don't know. I think without conflict or a problem to overcome, there is no narrative. There is no story. There is no life. Mm -hmm. You know, like most of our life is trying to conquer adversity and conflict that we're faced with as we trek towards our ultimate goal. And that's how you align yourself with the spouse, create a family, choose your larger group as a whole, you know. So maybe we're maybe we're creating our own conflict. Oh, 100 yeah. percent. Like and we can come back to that. But mm -hmm. staying on the topic of like without conflict, without any problems, like if manna manifested from heaven every day and we just got to poop in the street and eat the manna that was on the ground, you know, this would be a terrible existence, mm -hmm. you know, like if there was nothing to do. Yeah. Pretty monotonous, nothing to work toward. Like we're solving a problem right now. We're doing something. Yeah. There was no podcast. Now there is a podcast yeah. problem solved. Right. You woke up this morning. There was a problem. Kids don't know nouns and pronouns. They're 18 years old. We got to solve that. You got to yeah. go teach them at the schoolhouse. <laughs> I woke up deals needed to be signed. So I, that's a problem. You know, it's revenue that is not accounted for on my books. I need to go get it. Everybody woke up with a problem, even if they were just maintaining and coasting through their day to day job. Yeah. Um, I think that. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, so do we have an obligation to work toward a common goal or in that sense, like we all woke up with a certain problem? Is it just our. Do, should we only be worrying about, you know, what the problems that we face in the day? You know what I mean? Like, are we putting out. Should we only ever be trying to put out our own fires or do we have an obligation to come together to put out, you know, each other's fires and even even those that uh, we don't know, different things like that? Yes. Yes to all of that. Um, general rule of thumb, you know, if you've ever taken a flight and they're going through the safety information and they're talking about the life vest under your seat, what do they always say? Take care, you know, blow yours up yours first. first. Yeah. You know, blow yours first before you blow up your neighbor. Okay. Right. Um, even if it's your child, because what good are you to your child if you're dead or your thing doesn't inflate? Right. So take care. Be the change that you want to see in the world today because you can help the world by helping yourself today. Mm -hmm. If everybody did that, we'd be so much better off. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes, <laughs> I think sometimes they're putting on, they're putting on their vest and their mask and then, then they're straightening up their uh, neck pillow. <laughs> And then, you know, making sure that they have their pack and, you know, their peanuts and everything. I don't know. So I, I guess for me, I'm always trying to find like, where do you draw the line? Like, yes, you should make sure that you are good to go. And then when do you extend that olive branch? To whom much is given, much is expected. And, um, you know, it can be a curse getting rich or affluent or influential or, uh, a person of reputation. Mm -hmm. um, but when you have the means, it is your responsibility. Once you've climbed the ladder, it's imperative that you build an elevator down and help others up. 
and a, a rising tide, you know, lifts all ships. Yeah. I don't know what the proper time allocation is because that was something I struggled with growing up religiously, mm-hmm. even being at church camp and stuff. I'll never forget a memory as an early preteen, probably like 10, 11, 12 years old. Yeah. And we'd just gotten out of, you know, it was conservative, Woke Woods, Oklahoma, Seventh day Adventist Conference, you know, we're the evangelical arm. We have a mission, it's to go evangelize the entire world, let them know the good news. And we were at a exhibition softball game for the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I'm just looking around thinking like, boy, we are just, we are not fulfilling the mission at all right now. Yeah. You know, technically everybody in this field from certain people's perspectives are already saved. saved like right? we need to be out there evangelizing and yeah. X, Y, and Z. And like, why would we, why would we be breathing and living for self if that's the real mission? Like mm-hmm. all time and energy needs to go to that. That's not feasible. You know, you need the major donors and people of commerce to be able to subsidize the people that don't technically create for others. Yeah. You can render education or um, the word to underserved groups that need saving in your evangelical mind, but you didn't create a mechanism for which to feed themselves, Mm -hmm. to clothe themselves. You know, um, many pastors give a man a fish, give a man a fish, feed him for a day, give a man a, teach a man to fish and he won't bother you anymore. Yeah. You know? So I think that the older I get though, the more I recognize that, you know, digesting some of Naval, who is an influencer that you need to follow if you don't already, um, There's a a new almanac of his top sayings and kind of quips coming out, but he is big into meditation. He's um, the founder of Angel List and very influential in the tech and startup world and um, just has a way of reframing things and giving you mantras and principles with which to live by, not only from a business perspective, but from a, a relationships perspective and interpersonal perspective. And he's big on life is a single player game. You might marry that girl, but she could die before you die. And you're existing in your consciousness solo, just like when you came out of the womb. Mm -hmm. It'll always be that way. You've got your two eyeballs, your consciousness. And the thing that strikes me is that the scene that I'm looking out over right now, you in a pod podcasting with me down here in Victory Park, when I close my eyes, all the same things that I am experiencing are in the exact same space in between my two ears. So, you know, you have to be happy. And I think that if you're living for others all the time, you're not going to be able to foster that happiness. If you also are sitting on a billion dollars and don't do diddly for anybody else, or you're able bodied and don't help the old woman across the street or something, shame on you at the same time. Um, but that's a difficult question. And, Getting back to some of the Naval stuff, bless you. Thank you. Getting back to some of the Naval stuff, like he talks about, there's just these uh, axioms that he presents. Like, you know, if if the decision takes too long to make, you know, you already know the answer. You know, if mm-hmm. it's like a yes or no, and you're struggling with it, it's, it's a just, no. It's just you having to tell yourself, like, it, he has he introduces what's called decision making heuristics and. Let's say that you're on the fence about whether or not to take a job and it's going to be a job that requires all of you and a real pursuit or calling. If you are struggling for more than two days with a yes or no answer to said job, the answer is clearly no. no. 
Same thing with romantic relationships, whether or not to cut a friend out of your life, like all sorts of different things. If it takes too long, you already know the answer mm -hmm. and you're just dancing around it. I like that. One of the key factors or, or denominators of highly successful people is sound, deliberate, and timely decision-making. This is an area I've always struggled with, by the way, dude. Mm -hmm. On the big things, like a relationship, Bad a timing. work relationship, like I can't, I, I need the door shut for me. You know, I'm one of those people that's always trying to dart through every open door presented to me mm -hmm. from a business development perspective, uh, friendships, influencers, like opportunities, and it, it's tiring. It'll exhaust you. Yeah. No, I, I would agree with that. Um, and I mean, it makes sense to try to always keep as many options, you know, available as possible. So I can understand like trying to maintain all, you know, not closing any doors or burning any bridges or anything like that. Um, so that makes sense to me. I like what you had to say. I like the, I like the two, uh, you know, if you can't make a decision in two days and you, you probably already know the answer. When you apply that to your life, uh, things get ugly. Mm -hmm. They did for me, and I was so compelled to make certain decisions in my personal life and my professional life based off of just some of the periscopes that uh, Naval had sent out where he just answers your questions and um, just a learned man. And yeah. he, he applies all of this to personal happiness and bliss in terms of meditation and being at cerebral inbox zero. Mm -hmm. um, but he also channels it into making money. And, you know, he doesn't mince words like one of his most famous tweet threads of all time is how to get rich. Um, and the, there's some other modifiers there. I can't yeah. remember, but that went so viral and put him on the map. He's got a Rogan interview, too, oh, by he? the way. So okay. multiple ways to ingest uh, Naval Ravdekant's, uh wisdom in your life. Um, I've I've definitely benefited from it and. You know, but he's one of those people that now in his life, he does have this optionality and privilege and freedom based off the money he's made and mm -hmm. the time that that yeah. buys you. But he has a rule that if he doesn't want to do it, he will just walk out. He could be at a dinner party with his wife and friends. And if he suddenly realizes that it's not necessary to be there or it's not a good use of his time, he will he'll look at his wife and say, so sorry, I'm getting in the car hmm. later. Like, you know, he... Every moment is precious and fleeting, and every moment puts us closer to death. Yeah. So you really have to be judicious about how you spend your time and the real pursuits that that come out of your day to day. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if I could ever go that far. Like, because I, I. I also like. I think with my personality, I'm willing to sacrifice time for others, even if I don't necessarily want to be there. If that makes sense. Um, That's the hard part. You've chosen to live a well-rounded, good life, surrounded by family, friends. You've got side pursuits and hustles like this show. You're educating kids for the future. You're educating them spiritually. You've got an active love life with a partner and, you know, a, a full birthday dinner table every year. Yeah. You are not Michael Jordan. I mean. You are not. You and I are both not the greatest in the world at anything. As <laughs> yeah. sobering as that is, we, <laughs> no, that's are, not, that's, yeah, that's we are not the easily. goat of everything. Yeah. If you're going to be the goat, then you do not spend time 
to appease others' feelings sure. when you have a championship to go in, yeah. when you are a warrior. Mm-hmm. You don't take bedside manner time in the heat of battle. So it ultimately comes down to like, what hat are you wearing in this moment that we're discussing? Yeah. And when Naval is giving you counsel on operating your startup or trying to manifest something in life, um, if you're going to take a full weekend out to spend time with your loved one, and what does that entail? A mm-hmm. uh, bunch of cuddling, bunch of TLC, pudding pops on the couch after dinner. Like, we all love that. It's mm-hmm. super comforting and amazing. But there's somebody out there grinding on your exact same goal that didn't avail themselves of those luxuries that day. And come Monday morning, they're going to be ahead of you. Yeah. It's the Mark Cuban mantra of like every moment of every day, somebody is in the garage, in the basement, hustling to take your seat. Mm. Well said. I like that. I don't know if I'm ever going to be like... Yeah, I guess it just depends on your mentality and what you're striving for. Like, I, I don't imagine me trying to be the, you know, the goat, I guess. I don't know. And some of the goats are terrible, selfish people that do propel humanity in mm-hmm. some weird way. And going back to your question about do we all have a common goal? I, I, I view it that way. Mm-hmm. I view the entire narrative of human existence and history and civilization as a progression, getting to the ultimate goal of maybe humanity being able to broker an agreement with the gods or the the universe mm-hmm. to understand why we've been placed here and what's going on. You know, the people that were warriors in the ancient warring tribes and they were out hunting to feed the, the young, you know, what was their goal? We say it was to stay alive or to go kill a buck for mm-hmm. the village to eat that night. But maybe it was keep sustaining human life enough generations that we learn how to split the atom and we learn about the computer hard drive and how to build computers and telephony and APIs and all the infrastructure that, you know, you can't, you can't build a computer if you didn't ever figure out how to build a wall or a road. True. And then we figure out how to build the wheel and then pyramids and storehouses and modern refrigeration. And then now all of a sudden model T's and Kitty Hawk and planes. And next thing you know, you know, we're trying to go to the, you know, Mars yeah. and colonize other planets. And so if you look at the over the overarching bent of human history and the progression, I like to think that one day it's like Moses coming down from Mount Sinai with having had face-to-face time with God, mm-hmm. you know? And that could have been DMT. We don't know. Yeah. There's another f- very fascinating JRE episode. This whole thing is just a plug for JRE. <laughs> he had on Graham Hancock and another guy here recently, and they talk about, it's refreshing in that they talk about the biblical narrative as being so accurate and just not, not inspired by the things that you think it is. Okay. Like the burning bush. You know, they think that that was drugs. They think that was DMT, baby. Mm-hmm. And that when people were wigging out due to whatever plague or whatever occurred, it could have been that they had all done DMT in this root that was in the dish that particular week. Or maybe it was a marijuana plant on fire or all sorts of different variations of this. Mm-hmm. And that, I don't know, they, they went into a big rabbit hole about drugs enlightening the mind and religious types not being comfortable with it because they don't want you to have that. Um, 
mind opening experience without them there to liaise whatever they're saying is on the other side of the veil. Okay. A little bit of a rabbit hole. Go look at it if you have interest. But yeah. that's my take on your question. Like, I think that maybe subconsciously there's a thread throughout all of human history that was like, get the next generation a better life with better tools and access so that they can get to the point that we're at right now where it's like, hey, there's food for everyone. Yeah. Distribution isn't right, but there is food for everyone. Right. And everyone can have access to X, Y, and Z. Distribution isn't right, but everyone has access technically just to get to this point where maybe we are on Mars one day or, you know, what if we back engineer the Bob Lazar stuff and we're mm -hmm. able to bend space and time and go figure out what's outside of this universe or so many light years away that we weren't able to ever get there in the past or even think about it. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I, I like, that. what do you think? Um, I mean, you guys know me, I, we're all trying to work towards <laughs> that goal. <laughs> um, just, you know, trying to lift up one another. Uh, you help me to the next level. I'm helping the person below me. Um, I, I would like to like, cause we did talk a lot of politics last week and I know that I come across like, okay, I don't want to say I know, but maybe I came across in that uh, quote unquote argument that I feel like, you know, everybody should, you know, get the same amount of money, even if you're not doing the same amount of work. And like, I don't believe in all that. I feel like, you know, everybody should have a roof over their head and I feel like everybody should be able to eat. Um, but at the same time, like if you're putting in more work or you're the creator of some awesome invention or a corporation, or you've helped out in some major way and you're providing jobs for other people, of course, I think, um, you, you have the right to more money and more opportunities, more awesome things. Um, I think, for me, I don't know. I just try to look at uh, the fairness like on a ground level and make sure that everybody's getting treated fairly. And so that's one of my major goals. And I think that's something that we should all strive toward is um, even if we have differences, you know, trying to make sure that uh, it doesn't get to the point where we have to punch somebody in the parking lot of a Bucky's or um, less humorously you know, lives being lost over a particular belief. Um, I don't know. So that's, that's where I stand on that. I don't have a super in-depth uh, conversation over it or anything like that. I don't have a, a quote to pull from, but just all helping each other up the rung. Um, but at the same time, you helping yourself and making sure that once you're given that opportunity that you do something with it. Nothing worse than a squandered opportunity, right? Sure. And I think that along the journey to the goals of humanity that I'm likely wrong about, I think that we all have different roles mm -hmm. and hopefully they're complementary and that's how you structure your groups and all of these different things around because, you know, for every Elon or Jeff or whoever, there's a McKenzie or, um, a Halsey. <laughs> who was who was Elon with for a second? Uh, Grimes or he's still with Grimes. They oh, have, really? They have a child together. Okay, so maybe not the best example ever there, <laughs> but there's um, and for every Oprah, there's a Stedman. You know, there's like a quiet lawyer that sits at home and you know cashes her billion dollar checks. Yeah. So I think that 
you and I are not exactly the same. No, there's things that I run hot on that you're pretty cold on and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd get tapped for different responsibilities in a new group that we formed. Yeah. Uh, I think that's why, in my opinion, the show works and, you know, I'm excited to continue doing it and lean more into the differing viewpoints that, you know, seem to evoke the most, um, you know, thought from our, our listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I was hoping to provide a little bit more, but I'll probably have a sound clip uh, next week to help support <laughs> some of the stuff that I was saying. Um, I do have another question for you. This one doesn't have to get like as serious or anything, but I was wondering if you wanted to share a time that you screwed up that no one ever found out about. And it, it can be like, I, it doesn't have to be like super crazy or anything like that. I just didn't know if you wanted to share a time that you have never admitted to where you screwed up and nobody found out. <laughs> Oh, okay. So episode 51 is where we uh, confessed un- unsolved crimes. Sure. Um, well, there it, was that hit and run in 05. <laughs> yeah. I'm playing. Right. <laughs> no, and it can be something like super minor, like, you know, in, in school, you you know, something happened and they were, the teacher was like, who did that? And um, you never fessed up to it. Or if you, if you want to like go for the grand slam and you have something that's crazy. Nothing like immediately comes to mind mm-hmm. per se. Um, uh, does it for you though? (laughs) But mine is not like super serious at all, but I, I've, for some reason, um, I I was struck with the memory that in like the sixth grade, uh, you know, uh, our buddy Cole Taylor. Yep. Shout out Cole. Him and I, uh, one summer went to go visit my mom who, um, was living in a different house in Austin at the time. And I was very close with our neighbors. Like I grew up spending the summers with them. They were around my age. Um, you know, it was, it was the type where we'd be able to run in and out of each other's homes, um, take each other's juice boxes, like stuff like that. Like we were close families. Right. And anyway, I brought Cole to visit, um, and hang out with me over the summer. And, uh, my parents were gone. Our neighbors were gone, but our neighbors had a basketball hoop in their driveway. Right. And so, uh, him and I were shooting some hoops. You know, I imagine that we were trying to be the goats like Michael Jordan, um, and just shooting away. And then unfortunately I shot the basketball and it broke the window of their garage. And then Cole shot again and it shattered like the rest of it. And then we ran back in the house and chilled, didn't do anything. And then the neighbors come back home and they they call my mom. They're like, hey, we're Bradley and Cole shooting, shooting basketball. I don't know. Let me go ask them. And we never admitted it. And I that thought randomly came up today. And this is my first time ever confessing it. I, I, I don't think a soul knew about that until... Uh, you know, except for me and Cole until today. So I just had to, I felt like I had to get that off my chest. I, I love how the conversation about goats and Michael Jordan, you're like, did I ever tell you about <sighs> just doing these bricks through a window one time? Like <laughs> just nothing but net. Yeah, bro. You're like Philip Seymour Hoffman in that one movie where he's like, <laughs> he's make like, it rain. Raindrop. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a, uh, uh, no, no, no. Um, along something. came Polly. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Good old school Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller. And I don't know. I don't know what I could admit to this. Not just like just terrible or I mean, do that. No, (laughs) you don't want to know. You don't want to know what I've done, Brad. Is that for the Patreon? 
Oh, no. That's okay. for the grave. <laughs> That's for fair. when I meet my maker at the pearly gates. That's fair. So, um, Cindy, Gwen, I apologize for breaking your window. <laughs> oh, I thought you were like <laughs> Cindy, Gwen. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Cindy and Gwen. Yeah. We straight up lied. Yeah. No, Cindy Gwen. Like that's her last name. Oh, oh, oh okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like breaking. Th- I'm trying to think about just breaking things that I never admitted to. Like, I ran a landscaping company mm-hmm. way back in the day. Um, I'm sure some sprinkler heads made it, made it through my lawnmower, and I never sure. admitted it or something. Um, never killed your animal or anything. I killed a bird on Sunday on the way to brunch. Dude, you sent me the funniest text. Uh. <laughs> that i'm sorry i dropped the ball on him i'm glad that you remembered um so i get a text from carson and he says hold on let me scroll back boy even when i program show notes into brad's brain this is what i get folks (laughs) yeah buddy it's been a it's been a week (laughs) okay your your reaction was the best part I mean, it was, it's the greatest text I've ever just randomly received. Uh, Carson texts me and says, I killed a pigeon today. Remind me of that on Wednesday, just out of the blue, like no, no prior context. Um, so that was amazing. So tell us about the pigeon you killed, killed. I need to, uh, I need to clarify here. I mean, it goes back to my bird stories. I've been attacked by birds my whole life. And it was so funny because we got a new listener here recently and she was, uh, she'd like started on episode 49 and then a couple days later, I'm on Instagram and she's tagging me in these like memes of these guys getting attacked by birds. And I'm like, oh, wow, she's like making her way back through the show. Yeah. And uh, so it just reminded me. And so on my way to brunch to celebrate our friend Shell Bell on Sunday, I'm just going, you know, on McKinney Avenue by West Village and kind of up near your old school okay. um, off of like coal or whatever. And um, McKinney and 75 and headed over to Daverna. And there's just all these fat pigeons just out in the street, you know, bathing, eating, doing all this stuff. And it's like, well, this is a lane, you know, like I'm driving here, like uh, there's other cars. Right. And usually, you know, you just drive and like they fly away or they get out of the way. Like, oh, no, you're not concerned about birds in the street. And this one man, he must have had a tasty morsel because he wasn't giving it up for nothing. <laughs> and um, actually, clarification, bro. I didn't kill it. I no. named it. Oh. So I'm just like driving 30 miles an hour in a 30 yeah. mile per hour zone. I see pigeons 50 yards ahead of me and I'm like, they'll move because it's nature, right? And uh, I felt one that didn't get off the ground quick enough. And I looked back and old boy was just flopping around in the street. Jeez. So that happened. There. Well, what run. am I supposed to do? Like, so do you, a. You did have a hit and run. I did have a hit and run. Wow. And that bird was the casualty. Dang. It's kind of messed up. <coughs> Bless you. Thank you. Um, well, there was nothing that I could really do. Yeah. I couldn't like pull over, yeah, yeah, backtrack yeah. down the one way, and then go stomp this thing out in the street next to little girl's soccer you were, practice. I thought you were going to try to nurse it back to life, and you went with stomping it. No, fun story, though. When I had my first car, Ford F-150, that they <laughs> gave me when I was 16 years old, I was 5'4 on my... 16 year old driver's license. I had to put a phone book in the F-150 to sit on. Um, but I was a bamf. I'll let you know. <laughs> Don't let the fight fool you. That's where this amazing humor and podcasting capability oh, came right? from. Had to learn to talk, Brad. Um, 
yeah, I uh, I hit a bird. A bird flew into my like insect uh, shield thing yeah. on the front of the truck, and Your uh, grill? my grill, and um, it just stuck there the entire ride home. And I get home, and I peel it off the front of the insect thing, and it was still alive. I was like, Dad, oh no, what do we do? And uh, ended up feeding it through a um, an eyedropper for a month, nursing it back to health, taking it to a wildlife sanctuary, and that bird lived because of my healing hand. Wow. And to think all these birds are still attacking you after that. If, nope. only, if, only, if only they Attacks knew. Attacks are done. Attacks are done. I got my last word in on Sunday, though. <laughs> got it. I was like, this... This is for those times. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. So I guess that's what I'm admitting to. All right. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> you got any? <laughs> yeah, man. Um, You're like, for my next question, what is the deepest, darkest secret that even law enforcement isn't even aware <laughs> yeah. of? And uh, your social? <laughs> my social security number? Yes. Oh. Um, what's your phone number? <laughs> um, a song... That has made you cry. It can be tears of joy as well. Probably uh, Glamorous by Fergie and Ludacris. Love it. it G L Fergie, she sounds a like a mix between... Um, O-R-O-U-S. Yeah. 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 That one uh, That one gets me. Um, I'm trying to think. Like Normally the sad songs, I have to turn off. Yeah. Because I can't get that real with myself. So like all the new Kiss FM stuff, like... You said you'd be there, and now you aren't. I'm yeah. like, I can't do this. Yeah, I'm gonna kill myself. Or Sam uh, Smith. Uh, <laughs> Yo, Sam Smith. I'm like, man, this is so beautiful, and I'm in tears. Yeah, and be. like, Sam Smith is just like, go ahead and pull up in your mental database every ex-girlfriend yeah. and person that's died in your life, and let's croon yeah, about it. it. And it, it's what was his newest one? His um, newest hit. Tears that I've cried. Uh, yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, it's just Something wrong like that. It gets me. Is there a song that you that's not like a sad song, but it still moved you to tears? Hmm. I mean, I don't know. Maybe some Nipsey Hustle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm. You're putting me on the spot here. I no. I can't think of it's that. It's a random question. I, I cry at the weirdest stuff too. Yeah. Like I cry every Sunday. Yeah. PGA Tour. Okay. Um, anytime that there's that crowning moment for that hardworking individual that's fought so hard to get here and stay here, mm -hmm. I cry. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I cry at award shows, um, championship season. Mm -hmm. Um, I cry at. I'm trying to think like. When people help other people, mm -hmm. like on the news or something, like, and, and they can put like moving uh, music behind it too. Oh, it's just yeah, it's over. Waterworks. It's over. Um, yeah. it, but mainly moments of like accomplishment and people being bigger than you would have expected them to be, especially move me to tears. Okay, I like that. Um, for me, a song that I don't think is inherently sad. Like I think it's a hopeful song is a song called The Ballad of Love and Hate by the Avet Brothers. I've seen them in concert twice, and they're just incredible. They're, they're actually uh, brothers. And um, it's kind of like folky, but it's a song that personifies uh, love and hate and like their relationship. Dude, 
I get teary eyed every time, man. So it's, it's a good one. If what, you're looking for a good song. What was the, uh, the Garrett, uh, song that you did? Oh, Garrett Owen, Garrett Owen, something about um, leaving on Sunday night. Um, maybe like, let me, it was about, it was harkening back to a time when you and Courtney were still a longer. Oh no, that, away sorry. That was Colton Venner. Colton Venner. That, that was uh, honey slow. Honey slow. How does yeah. it go again? Uh, we play that same song every Sunday night. Yeah. That one, um, I, I made it through out of respect, but I was, especially on the heels of the episode that we'd done, I was uh, teary-eyed over that one because it reminded me a lot of, of a lot of things from my own personal life uh-huh. and um, long-distance relationships that I'd sure. been in and, like, thinking back to, I mean, I am a highly emotional person. Yeah. You know, I, I try to do everything to become a machine by day, mm-hmm. but I am all over the place like i am highs and lows ups and downs like highly emotional person sure and just that one got me because i i stood at the airport and watched somebody walk away or been the person walking away mm-hmm. and you don't know when that return flight is going to happen yep um been there you know just that pain that utter agony of thinking that you love somebody and you're not physically with them for a month at a time or something like that yeah. that can be i mean that that's a that's a big moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm so all in or nothing with things, uh, very intense or apathetic in many ways that, yeah, that song, Okay. that song got me. Dang, I didn't know that. Oh yeah. I, Cause I mean, it was written for that purpose. Yeah, you know, it was absolutely. talking about a couple that splits up on the, in the weekdays yeah. or whatever. And we're just trying to milk this last mm-hmm. car ride or whatever. Like yeah. I've been in multiple situations like that in different formats. And, um, it just almost takes you back to a time where, I don't know. You don't for a long time. It's like, let's moderate these emotions and get to a good spot, but then you don't want to lose all of them either. Yeah. You know, you don't want to get into this weird rough patch. You want to be able to still feel, you know? And it's, it's hard because corporate America doesn't want you to feel, you know, your, your P and L, your quarterly revenue goals, like keep it moving. You know, it's a war, you know, time doesn't stop. Time does not stop. Um, We've stopped for no COVID victim. Uh, we didn't stop when, um, uh, who's John Lewis, John Lewis recently passed away, just an iconic figure yeah. and the world continues to move on. Yeah. Van Halen passed away this week. I know it's not the same, but <laughs> <laughs> Van Halen just passed away like yesterday. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's just, it's incredible to me how that that's one of the things that I've had to reflect on getting to be an adult in this society is that. If it's not reported in the media, just wall to wall every day, mm-hmm. we don't feel your plight. And even if it is reported, we all, like likely don't feel your plight. Yeah. When the violence happened down here in Victory Park with those protests, there were people two blocks over that didn't feel the impact of that. Right. And it was one of those things where it's like you want to proclaim to them, like, do you not know what happened here? Mm-hmm. Did, did you not bear witness? And meanwhile, did you know that there were just catastrophic storms yeah. and tornadoes and hurricanes in the Midwest just earlier this year that killed people and like leveled homes and businesses? No, like Trump did something that day. So nobody in Texas knows about it. Right. I found out about it from a client. Mm-hmm. I literally got a, an email from a woman that was like, Hey, sorry, I'm going to have to push our meeting. You likely don't know this, but we had catastrophic storms that like knocked out the power grid, killed people. Lives are ruined. And think about the person that's been grinding on that farm or in that small business for 40 years, 
and it gets taken away by a tornado or by COVID and all of society continues to march on. Like mm -hmm. we still get the same H and R block commercials. Halloween stores are about to pop up for the non-socially distanced communities. Yeah. You know, retail is going back to full force in Q4. Like the world marches on and it just is a reminder of just, you know, we're so significant and we're not significant at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, a song that fills you with joy. I said it, Fergie, glamorous, <laughs> ludicrous. That's the song that feels like. <laughs> are, I'm is, talking are trips being... from here to Rome, Brad. All right. How does that not fill you with joy? Do you keep enough lettuce to support my shoe fetish? Uh, lifestyles, the rich and famous. Yeah, the okay. whole nine yards. I love right. that. Okay. The video That's out amazing. by the pool. You know, they're going to Taco Bell. And, yeah. You know, her old convertible. Mm -hmm. um, that, that song fills me with joy. Okay. Uh the Migos <laughs> fill yeah. me with joy. Yeah. Just them as a group. <laughs> no, actually I got a new song for you. Um, yeah. Have you heard the new Travis Scott uh, franchise? franchise? Yeah, of course. Yo, that goes hard in the paint, son. Yeah. Uh, there was another video that I saw too, that was just wild and out of this world. <laughs> what was it? Let me look for this. Okay. Keep a, well, I, I gotta, I, you know, I asked you that question and I kind of had it prepared, but, I gotta think of one that also makes oh. me incredibly happy. Problem featuring Freddie Gibbs and Snoop Dogg. Don't be mad at me. Remix. I don't know if I heard that one. Oh boy. I'll have to listen. You should come home with me after this. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta we, get home, dude. We gotta cut this podcast short because this song is the ish. Is it? Yeah, a hundred percent. hundred percent. Um You'll have to send it my way. We can. Uh, I listened to a throwback the other day that filled me with joy called "Back to the Hotel" by In Too Deep. Okay. So, I don't know if I heard that one either. This is a really well thought out segment where we're like, you know that one, and then we can't play it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what What's a song Someday that fills folks. you up with joy? Um. Um. Uh, man, I gotta. I don't know. Tell me. Tell me some more music while I think. Well, just on my recent playlists, uh, it has been rather exclusive to the rap category per, yeah. per the huge. Uh, been enjoying Shoreline Mafia, Gangsters and Sippas. Mm. I also really like League of Stars and what they've been doing recently. Anything with I Am Sue has been really good. Um, there's a new one from this guy called Willie Joe. I'm from the Baybra featuring E-40. And they did a big remix with a bunch of guys that was just on point i've been a big problem fan for a long time oh problem is amazing and I, okay so you're up on him yeah. like i feel like he's not underground but no, he's, he's like, got this he's catalog. in the scene but he's not like megastar but he's got some good stuff you yeah. know like i've liked him since like what with bad luck back Dude, in the day rich girl hollow notes rich girl hollow notes you're a rich girl but you've got to oh yeah, I'll I'll sing I'll sing the hell out of that song. You're so white, bro. I love it. <laughs> You're like just dude, Hall and Oates is amazing. Boots, Wranglers, flannel, button down. College football, Katie Trail Ice House, baby. You know that's not me. Um yeah, it is. hundred percent. You're from the west side. You're from Fort Worth. Like what music do I typically You guys play are all you and Gerald are out there with your new country twang, <laughs> like baseball caps and boots instead of cowboy hats and boots. Like I see what country music did. No, they I just traded it out. 
I don't own a cowboy hat or boots. Shame. You should at least own boots. You see my new loafers, though? Those are cute. These penny loafers came in. You like these bad boys? I do. Yeah, those are slick, man. Where are they from? Uh, Amazon. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> those are the ones I saw you buying uh, during our Zoom session. All right. I decided to do a screen share as we were. We decided to rebuild the whole show this week. Yeah. So Brad was doing logo unbeknownst to me. I'm building a website link tree and um, we're upgrading all of the equipment. And so we get on a screen share and uh, to reference something that we'd already purchased back in the day, I had to go back through my returns and orders and realize that I was still screen sharing. And it was like, not everything was uh, for the public. Oh. He's like, why are you buying all these tampons? And I'm like, don't worry about it. <laughs> you never have enough. <laughs> it's for the nosebleeds. <laughs> oh, so that's what I've been. Uh, Get Me Lit by Pilo. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've, I, the more ratchet and gangster, it, like the more mumble rap it gets, the more I'm kind of into it. Like the reason I love franchise is because Travis Scott is remixed with who is it? Um, Young Thugger, mm -hmm. who is my favorite. I just he's my favorite. Young Thugger. I cannot. Young Thugger. <laughs> I cannot get enough I'll of him. Tell you what. I'll tell boy. you what. That goo wop. <laughs> that's that's my jam right there. <laughs> oh, man. Me and the boys are just listening to Goo-Wop every day. I love uh, Young Thug, and uh, M.I.A. is in that one, and she's like, yo. Wait, so you haven't heard that one? I don't think so. Fra We're talking franchise. Oh, no, I, I said it at the same time as you. M.I.A. Yeah, I've heard that one. M.I.A. is in that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. I'm okay, waiting. the new Snoop Dogg and Problems. That's is the, the one, one I have not heard. And the video is pretty out there. Okay. I enjoy it. So... Well, let's get out of here and go watch this uh, Democratic and Republican VP debate so we can report back. and No jokes this week? Yeah, we got one um, from our sponsor, Dean Colvin. This is coming to you today via LinkedIn. Mm, what time? 10.46 a.m. All right, good. So he's having his coffee before he sends on that. You know, we at least appreciate that. He's already almost a Kit Kat break time, baby. So... Uh, uh. You ready? Hit me. Your mama is so fat that when she turned around, we gave her a welcome back party. <laughs> <laughs> Which I got to say, these your mamas have been Yo. really unimpressive. And this one was <laughs> this one pretty was cute. Good. This one was good. I hadn't heard that one. A welcome back party. Yeah. We used to do the ones like your mama's so fat, like she has to iron her clothes in the driveway yeah. and stuff like, like that. There goes Shamu. You know, <laughs> those. Yeah. Man, good old 90s humor. You remember the one where, like, if you put your, it's like if your hand is bigger than your face, then you're one type of way. Yeah, yeah. So everybody would put, put their hand up and, and they'd high five yeah. you. Yeah. I felt prey to that one. That's something I've never admitted. Oh. And it hurt. Like, they hit me in the face. I was like, <laughs> what the heck? Rude. <laughs> I was like, I'm not a homosexual <laughs> and my hand is not bigger than my face. <laughs> oh, man. So that was, that was that. We dedicated last week's episode to our dad's. Uh, my dad has not hit me up about his <laughs> his shout out. He, uh, dude, he's building a cabin yeah. in Red River, New Mexico. ATM. Oh, that's great. He, uh, his his buddy Marvin Jolly, uh -huh. bought a plot of land up there and uh, said, "Come help me build the vacation home." And so my dad, knowing that 
he wanted a timeshare mm-hmm. in the vacation home for free. He was like, I'll help yeah. build it. So he's going to get right. a lifetime residency there. All right, Bob, let us know when we're going. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. And Heston, too. He's got a nice place up there. He's always in Red River. True. Heston had his first exit today. Oh, yeah? He uh, had Palantir IPO uh, or something of that effect. Okay. He's been a successful investor in several startups um, and actually has a new thing that I've been meaning to kind of hype on the show, which is called Deal Pickle. I think it's D-E-A-L-P-I-C-K-L. Yeah, that's how you spell deal and pickle. That's not how you spell pickle. Um, P-I-C-K-O-E-L. P-I-C-K-L. Oh. So that's not how you spell pickle. And I bet it's a play on dill pickle, huh? You know, I didn't get that for a while. And then I was like, wait a second. Is this dill pickle? And he's like, yeah. (laughs) He's like, I thought you went to YC. (laughs) It's like, no, we went to (laughs) Swahoo. Heston and I have this relationship where like, I could wake up and have a link to a completely fake brand that he skinned overnight, (laughs) thought up a go to market, bought the URL, put up a splash page, Mm -hmm. and then the deck gets done two weeks later. And, you know, we do that to each other. Um, The amount of URLs that he owns, uh, some of them very funny that I cannot repeat on the show. That's great. Um, They're amazing. I own TexasTinyHouses.com. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. I was never know. I fully thought, you know, that Heston and I were going to own a production company for tiny homes that I was going to buy the first one. Mm. How stupid. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we could still happen. <laughs> I can't afford a home, whether it's tiny or big. But <laughs> anyway, Deal Pickle is kind of this negotiation as a service starting with the used car market. Okay. And you'd be staggered by how large that market is. And he launched this splash page and immediately had quadruple digits in abandoned cart fees just from his test like i don't even think you could check out at the time and and go through with the service but the idea was getting so validated Mm -hmm. uh, just by i mean literally the next day he's like 456 dollars in abandoned cart fees where they couldn't check out but they were on the site performing actions they found it independently like that's the kind of stuff that he brings me all the time and i i can't keep it all straight honestly i always yeah he's a wizard yeah, so he had, you know, I know he's given you some investment mm-hmm. advice and um, he just, he's clogging up our algorithms with worthwhile people that yeah. he's engaging with. Yeah, and I followed every single one of them. So he had that Palantir exit today. I think the show retweeted him or quote tweeted him. Um, it's a proven fact that nine out of 10 weekly catch up podcast listeners gain fame and fortune. Wow. So just let your friends know yeah. to subscribe. Um, <laughs> but Deal Pickle. Check that out, people. That's one of the things that he might need help with in the future. He's still validating that concept and would love your feedback. Um, in other news, Flybox.io, you know, his mm-hmm. geo, uh, geo-netted emergency notification and uh, awareness tracker for venues, schools, all of the like, is just getting supreme interest from investors, ISDs looking to deploy the technology, mm-hmm. Uh, he's got this amazing CTO on board that has basically refactored the entire system to be deployed like completely wirelessly yeah. with just a quick software installation, deploy it on the cloud, set it up immediately, immediately know who's on campus, who's not on campus. Can you pinpoint the people in building two with a time sensitive notification? Mm-hmm. Um like it, some really groundbreaking stuff. Yeah, I actually relayed that to my principal. It's 
sitting in his email. Like he's aware that he's been sent it, but his plate's been so full. Just trying to run a school in, in amidst the pandemic, you know. In that in that case, Flybox is going to have to identify users with IP addresses that also don't know what nouns and pronouns are, so it can send <laughs> yeah. them a, right. a grammar like, handbook. Yeah, if we could send them like a word of a day, a word of the day along with it, that'd be great. <laughs> That's funny. Anyway, shout out to Heston. Uh, it's been a while since we've mentioned him i want to get sure. him on the show full length yes i know we want to bring michael back i want alec to come on dude yeah alec i think alec could be a solid third partner on the show one yeah. week can't wait to get roasted by both of you the whole time yeah pretty much yeah. We're, we're gonna gang up on you yeah we're gonna stuff you in your locker it's fine i'll turn red it's but... fine <laughs> i love those memes like where the everything's everything's fine. on yeah, fire it's and it's like with, everything's yeah. fine yeah. <laughs> that's how me. it's it's felt the last month or two. Like everything's fine. That's how it's felt since March. It's a situation. Yeah. Well, words of encouragement, I guess. Um, um, what do you got? We're still kicking, man. And yeah. We're still, you know, we're doing our job. We're waking up every day. Uh, thankfully, we're in good health. Um, our jobs have not been too affected. You know, we're, I'm still getting a paycheck every week. Uh, or not every week, but, you know, every pay slip. Um, so there's a lot to be grateful for amidst all the noise, you know? Yeah. And so I'm, I'm very blessed. How about you? Yeah. I mean, just, uh, another day in the greatest country in the world, whether you like it or not. Sure. Cause I'm sitting here in Dallas, Texas podcasting with one of my BFFs after a productive day at a good job that keeps a house over a house, a roof over my head and, yeah. Every day that we're not grub hubbing or Uber eatsin is a blessing. Yeah. You know, um, not everybody is as fortunate. Um, and just would like to find ways to maybe make a more direct impact on people that do need our assistance around us. And again, co-sponsoring that under the show moniker. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, let's talk about that as soon as this ends. Okay. Um, offline <laughs> yeah um anything going on between now and the next podcast i don't know john's trying to get me to go to a wedding as his date because sarah's got a, a date with the hospital cute. and um so that's all we need is to show up looking cute as buttons <laughs> again <laughs> um <laughs> but that's not an alvarado he said so okay. i don't know if we're gonna do that or not but um hoping to hoping to play some golf man and like yeah. maybe get some relaxation at some point this next weekend right. there's other stuff going on that i can't remember but uh really grinding at work uh trying to do some reading leveling up the show stay immersed in the topics that interest me spend some time with friends and family uh governor abbott has hinted at potential bar reopenings and just you know florida mm -hmm. pulled the band-aid off and said we're done with covid yeah back to 100 percent and Crazy. i think that um well, but we flattened the curve. No, like, I just mean, is it? I like, just when meant, are we going to go back? You know? I'm saying, like, we say it's crazy, but is it? Okay. No, I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. I'm saying, like, is it crazy? I just meant it in the sense that, like, of course, it's Florida to do the. Like, uh, I'm not. Do you know anybody that's died from COVID personally? No. I don't either. That doesn't mean it hasn't happened. Uh, totally. 207,000 deaths or whatever the latest statistic is. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I'd be interested in hearing from listeners uh, how how many degrees of separation 
most of you have been because I know that there's obviously one degree of separation for many people in the yeah. world. Uh, I just don't know them. And that, yeah, that seems weird to me. Yeah. And I'm not making a statement by saying crazy. Like I, I just meant it that out of all the states, I would guess that Florida would be the first one opening up. That's all that I meant. Oh, well, that's true. Yeah. That's, that's all, buddy. They'll, they'll fall and break off into the ocean one day. And... Right. <laughs> Law enforcement will be all the better for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, go check out the new logo. Go to weeklycatchuppodcast.com and hit the last link. That's an option on that page mm-hmm. to sign up for our email newsletter. You never know. You might be the first apparel wearing supporter of the show. Yeah. As we might run a raffle mm-hmm. with the first mugs and t-shirts graced with our logo and our beautiful faces. Yeah. I'm saying we get 50 people in there and then maybe do like a first our first prize or something, you know? Yeah. So go rush and sign up. You'll get additional information. We will not spam you. We'll mainly just be sending you um your you know, mama jokes cell phone recordings of us in bed like really divulging our deepest darkest secrets that we can't do on the podcast yeah so looking forward to it yeah me too thanks for all the hard work you put in this week on everything and you as well um we'll get we'll get more of this going here in the future sounds good buddy this is Really lame sign off. <laughs> Are we wrapping? Are we about done here? Yeah. Um, this What's next, up with your notes? This next week I got, um, you know, I'll, I'll be happy to report back of what Courtney has planned. I'm sure she, I'm sure that she's going to give me the works and I'm sure she, I don't know, Airbnb to a really cool place or something. So looking forward to reporting back on that. I'm just going to have a lovey-dovey little weekend. <sighs> All right. Well, we'll have very different weekends then as I'm <laughs> working to improve my golf game and my life and love for the game, baby. You're just busy living it and enjoying it. <laughs> hey, you enjoy golf. Oh, I do. I don't get out there enough. Yeah. Shout out to Sergio Garcia. Yeah. He won his first PGA tour event this last weekend since the birth of his child. Wow. And his 11th tour event in his career. So when he was coming up as a young phenom prodigy, they were saying, Oh, this is the Spanish tiger woods. Like mm-hmm. he's going to overtake everybody. And uh, had some failure to launch, especially in the majors for the, you know, majority of, you know, his first portion of his career. He definitely yeah. had some success, but was also a, a hothead. If you ever go look up Sergio Garcia fails or mm-hmm. anger or temper on YouTube, I mean, this man has taken his own shoes off and thrown them at fans. <laughs> He's Amazing. so mad. He's uh, perfected the uh, chunk of wedge and throw it into a lake <laughs> type situation. But he got his first win in a while and. Um, he's also harnessing the power of meditation and closing your eyes and breathing and visualizing the act that you're about to perform and then mm-hmm. executing on that. So that's what we're going to do this week. Love it, man. Thanks, um, Tots. We appreciate y'all, and we will catch you up next week. Bye-bye.